we are going to talk about heel pain and the first heel pain condition we are going to speak about is plantar fasciitis. So do you want to explain to our viewers what is the plantar fascia? Fascia is a thick fibrous band uh, which originates from uh, the heel all the way to the plantar plates of uh, the MTPJ. Okay, can you, can you show us on your model please? Yeah, so this is, uh, this is where it actually oh, okay. uh, originates from, um, from the heel part and it just inserts into all these uh, toes. And, and what's the function of the plantar fascia? So the function of plantar fascia is that it acts as uh, a shock absorber yeah. uh, when walking and running and uh, it helps us uh, maintain the arch, arch as well. So tell us about plantar fasciitis now. We know that some people like to use the word plantar fasciitis, some, t some people like to use the word plantar fasciosis. Mm -hmm. So first of all, can you tell us what plantar fasciitis is and what plantar fasciosis is? So plantar fasciitis is, uh, itis mean inflammation. So originally it was thought that plantar fascia gets inflamed um, predominantly at the insertion uh, part of the f um, fascia in the heel area. Um, however, later research have actually shown that there isn't any inflammation um, there at all. So it's uh, more of a thickening. So the term have actually evolved and uh, become um, plantar fasciosis or uh, uh, plantar fasciopathy. Now, um, it's one of the main causes of heel pain. Now, it's not the only cause of, of heel course. pain. There are many causes of heel pain. But if we talk about plantar fasciitis or plantar fasciosis, depending on who you're speaking to, can you tell us what are the main symptoms that a patient will complain of regarding when it comes to this condition, rather? Okay. Um, the most common symptom that we tend to actually hear uh, from the patients is that uh, uh, sharp shooting pain first thing in the morning or when they've been sitting down for a long period of time and as they stand up, um, they get sharp shooting pain, uh, which eases off with, uh, with activity. So as soon as they start walking, um, it starts to basically ease off. If you've got chronic plantar fasciopathy, um, in that case, the pain can start to be worse in the morning and eases it off, but it stays there. That's chronic pain uh, uh, for all the activities. Now, we've, we've spoken about the symptoms, the main symptoms. Are there any occupations or activities that may be um, more inducive of getting this type of foot condition? So anybody who's on their feet uh, for a long, long period of time, so people who work in customer service where uh, they are on their feet uh, for um, like 8 to 12 hours uh, a shift. And does shift. it make a difference on the kind of surface that you're walking on? Of course it does. Um, the harder the surface, the more the, the loading on the, on the plantar fascia and uh, yeah, the risk factor increases with that. So are there any lifestyle choices that people can make that can lead to plantar fasciitis or plantar fasciosis? So yeah, research is quite clear uh, with this that increased BMI um, is uh, linked with... Uh, can you just explain to our viewers what the BMI is? So increased weight uh, is, um, is linked with uh, developing plantar okay. fasciopathy or uh, one of the cause uh, which can contribute to, to a development of uh, plantar fasciopathy. Great. Now, we've talked about what plantar fasciitis is and we've talked about the symptoms that people get. Um, we've talked briefly about the causes when we talked about weight and the BMI. So are there any foot structures that would make a person potentially more likely to get plantar fasciitis or plantar fasciosis because they're putting more strain onto the fascia. 
<coughs> yes, there are uh, certain structures which can uh, uh, contribute uh, to a development of plantar fasciopathy. Uh, patients with uh, extreme path uh, cavus or path planus uh, foot type can develop uh, plantar fasciopathy. Let me just interject that um, because you're using words that some of our viewers may not know. So what is path planus? So path planus is, uh, uh, is a flat feet um, and path cavus is um, a high arch. High, high arch. Now, a really important question to ask. Does everybody with flat feet or, or high arch feet uh, can will they all get plantar fasciopathy? No, no, not at all. So, are there any other causes of plantar fasciopathy that you can tell us about? So, there is a good evidence uh, to show that if you've got tight calf muscles, um, soleus or uh, gastrocnemius uh, tight, tightness can lead to reduced ankle dorsiflexion, which is the ankle's ability to basically move upwards. Um, that can contribute to a development of uh, artificial Now, we all know that the foot and the leg isn't uh, working in isolation, so it's part of the entire body. Uh, so, so, so would the hamstrings potentially play a role in that too? Of course they can. Yes. Um, uh, so it's, um, everything is interlinked. That's right. The way we move, um, tight hamstring, tight calf muscles, uh, um, uh, put more pressure onto the plantar fascia, right. uh, increase the loading in plantar fascia, hence there is uh, uh, <clears throat> increased sensitivity of plantar fascia and uh, you can feel the pain. So we've been over the causes and we've been over the symptoms and a few other things as well. Now, the most important thing, which is what people want to know, how do, we get, how do I get rid of this? How do I stop this heel pain? Because I'm sick of it. I can't do my daily activities. I can't go to the gym. I'm struggling to go to work. Uh, I'm struggling to f do all the things that I love to do. So tell me, Mr. Dossif, how are you going to get rid of my plantar fasciitis? So, the first thing I would say is that uh, book an appointment with a podiatrist um, and uh, confirm that it is plantar fasciopathy uh, before you can actually start the treatment. Okay. Uh, once you've got them into your clinic, what clinical tests would you do to confirm if the person that's sitting in front of you has got that particular condition? Well, we can uh, do a series of tests. Yeah. So initially, we have a detailed history test. Yeah. Um, history gives us uh, uh, very good clues to be able to see which structures are uh, uh, involved. We can use our uh, good old thumb. Yes, you like MRI. MRI, yes, absolutely. Which is, which is uh, always useful. Absolutely. And this allows us to be able to palpate the area which are uh, in pain. Uh, once we've identified the structures, we have access to our ultrasound machine, which we can use to confirm the diagnosis. Now, I'm going to talk about ultrasound in a, in a short while, but if you tell, if you show the viewers, where would you palpate on the foot? So if you just show so them... If you, if you were to actually look for plantar fasciopathy, yeah. uh, the most common uh, form of plantar fasciopathy is on the medial aspect, which is on the inside, inside. of the heel, yeah. um, and uh, just underneath the heel. Okay. That's where I would uh, palpate. And most often, uh, if it is really painful, a uh, patient will be able to... They will, sh they will scream. They will scream, <laughs> They <yes>. will scream. <laughs> yeah. um, Hopefully not at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So talking about ultrasound, because we did mention ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Now, ultrasound is a important treatment um, modality. To any, unless you visualize the plantar fascia, how thick is a normal plantar fascia? Ultrasound is an amazing machine, and uh, it, can, it can give us uh, uh, quite a bit of uh, information uh, regarding soft tissues. Um, the thickness between three to four is absolutely normal. Three to four millimeters. Millimeter okay. is uh, absolutely normal. Um, anything beyond that, you start to question um, uh, the the condition. Um, there are uh, changes in the um, in the plantar fascia structures, uh, uh, which uh, which are visible on uh, plantar fascia, and there can be a focal thickening of uh, plantar fascia, um, which can be seen on uh, ultrasound as well. All these help us uh, to make the diagnosis um, for the plantar fasciopathy. So now we've got a really good clinical picture. Uh, Tosif has palpated the foot, he's done an ultrasound, and he's done various different things to confirm whether it is plantar fasciopathy or whether it's a different condition. Um, now we've confirmed it is plantar fasciopathy. What types of treatments can you offer the patient in the initial term and then in the long term? So, um, there are uh, lots of treatments with regard to the plantar fasciopathy. Um, when I see patients uh, initially and they come through the door, um, along with uh, diagnosing what they're actually come, uh, come in with, um, I would have a look at their uh, calf tightness, I would do other tests, I would do, see them weight-bearing, I would see them uh, doing dynamic gait. We've got a pressure analysis system which gives us uh, a valuable information uh, with regards to how they are walking and centre of pressure is moving. Uh, um, in the feed. Once we've got all this information, um, in initial uh, assessment, um, I would take the foot, I would take the plantar fascia, this would uh, give them the immediate sort of relief. Uh, what, would you, what kind of tape would you use to tape the foot? Um, predominantly I use kinesiology taping, um, which uh, patients tolerate fairly well, and they can put it on uh, themselves as well. Which is also known as K-tape, by the yeah. way. Um, so, if you're going to apply tape, would you tell, would you instruct the patient to do any types of exercises? I would. So that's the second bit um, of uh, the information that I'd give them um, is that uh, exercises. So we use the uh, Ratcliffe protocol, um, which um, which is an exercise where uh, you roll um, a towel, put it underneath the toes, yeah. um, and they would do heel raises on um, on the floor or on the stairs okay. uh, uh, to be able to strengthen the fascia. Along with that, um, I would, uh, I would uh, sometimes give them some eccentric loading of the um, calf muscle, some stretching exercises. Can you just explain to the viewers what is eccentric loading? So eccentric loading uh, is when uh, a muscle is lengthened. Yes. So when you stand on, uh, on the stairs um, and uh, you allow the heel to drop down, that is eccentric okay. loading of uh, the calf muscle. Um, what kind of stretching exercises would you give them? So predominantly I work with, um, you can have plantar fascia stretches, um, you can do some uh, calf stretches, hamstring stretches um, to go with the, with the treatment. So can you give us an example of a plantar fascia stretch, um, st- st- stretch or massage? So plantar fascia stretch um, is something which I recommend to my patient first thing in the morning before they put their feet down. The best thing is to put your foot up and you just basically pull the toes back mm-hmm. and hold it there. I often say to them that uh, use the other thumb and just gently massage the area around, uh, um, around uh, where the pain is. 
And what kind of calf stretch would you recommend to them? So calf stretches um, usually are against the wall. Um, so uh, they're very simple sort of calf stretches. Uh, um, one for the gastronomic and one for the soleus stretch. Um, just against the wall. Is there anything you may recommend for the patient to place inside their shoes to give them support to offload the fascia? Yeah, um, orthotics uh, are quite helpful. Okay. Um, a lot of the time uh, when patients come to see me, they are in pain um, and uh, we use orthotics uh, um, quite a bit uh, for plantar fasciopathy to offload the structures as well as allow them to carry on doing what they, they need to do. Uh, so it helps with the pain, uh, pain as well. Um, the main focus is uh, toward the exercises, so they have to build this strength in their plantar fascia, but uh, yeah, I find that uh, pain uh, can be a stumbling block for the patient, so unless they, you can make them comfortable, then they can, uh, then they can do the exercises. Now for our runners that are watching, is there a, any particular brand of running shoe that you would recommend? Uh, my personal favourite, there's no research behind this, but uh, my personal favourite uh, for plantar fasciopathy is uh, Hoka's. The Hoka's, Hoka's, Hoka's have got a very nice sort of thickened uh, sole which allows plenty of shock absorbance and uh, if you are a runner who runs on the road um, I think they are uh, awesome in terms of giving you that now, cushion. I like the Hoka as well, the Hoka 1 and the Hoka Clifton. I also like the Asics 2000s which can be really good. Mm -hmm. um, the running shoe is really important. Um, Mr. Tosif will tell you that often people get plantar fasciopathy, runners that get plantar fasciopathy, sometimes they change the type of shoe that they're running in too quickly. So they'll go from a cushion sole to a very thin cushion sole because they want to change their running mechanics. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the things uh, which we didn't cover in, uh, um, in the causes of uh, plantar fasciopathy is uh, um, I find with the sports people or with the runners or uh, people who are um, very active is this sudden change in their workload. Yes. So for example, um, in January a lot of patients uh, have been uh, saying to us that, oh okay, I'm going to be fitter again and uh, they haven't run for like five years. And I'm going to get my six pack in 30 days. 30 days, yes. absolutely. So I want to run 5k uh, within like two weeks. Um, that spike in workload That's right. is uh, one of the main things uh, which can contribute to uh, the development of plantar fasciopathy. Okay, so we've given them stretches and uh, exercises to do and potentially orthotics. The patient still isn't having an adequate resolution. What kind of clinical treatments do we have that we can provide to the patient? So a patient who actually present with the acute pain, um, pain 7 out of 10, mm -hmm. which is stopping them doing the activities, uh, daily, uh, daily living activities, uh, um, I, I often use steroid injection. Um, which is quite effective in terms of uh, uh, getting rid of the pain so that they can actually carry on with the activity as well as uh, perform the exercises. Um, when people hear steroid, they often think about the steroids that big bodybuilders take. But this is a particular type of steroid, isn't it? Yeah, it's corticosteroid uh, uh, injection and it's very safely delivered with the use of uh, ultrasound machine um, to, uh, to the plant fascia. What's the main aim of the corticosteroid injection? Uh, the main aim of the corticosteroid uh, injection is to relieve pain. 